Today's Not Sam Wrestling is brought to you by Comedy Central's Roast Battle. So what's Roast Battle? Imagine the perfect combination of stand-up comedy, rap battles, and professional wrestling all in one place. Join Brian Moses and DJ Coach T for Roast Battle, the podcast, as they bring you weekly live battles from the world-famous comedy store in Hollywood, as well as behind-the-scenes interviews with the industry's best comedians. You'll hear some of the most insensitive jokes, some politically incorrect jokes, but every joke you hear comes from a place of love. Subscribe now to Roast Battle for new episodes every Thursday in your podcast feed. Now, it's time for Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Boy, oh boy, Royal Rumble week, everybody. Royal Rumble week. Let's not pretend to not be excited. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. It is Royal Rumble week, which means we've got a lot to talk about today. Especially this Royal Rumble week. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's because WWE is, has, has been shifting the creative way they do things, maybe because storylines have become so in flux lately, talent dropping in, dropping out, new guys from NXT showing up, matches changing, it just feels like we're on a roller coaster, ladies and gentlemen, and I for one am enjoying it, we'll talk about it all. There's so much to get into this week, we've got a lot of Royal Rumble coverage to do, and I'm going to have a guest to break down the Royal Rumble in just a minute. Um, of course, you know, I got this is so I, I, I spent a big portion of Monday. I was I didn't have work on Monday over at Sirius XM, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. And I'm about three episodes deep into the uh, 1992 episodes of WWF superstars that were uploaded onto the WWE network. This is what I've been waiting for. I mean, for me, Superstars, WWF Superstars, Superstars of Wrestling, whatever you want to call it, that's the show that I was raised on. That's my childhood. It went from, eventually we got to primetime wrestling, then All-American Wrestling, and all those shows, but it was every Saturday, Superstars, every Sunday, Wrestling Challenge. And so I've been waiting for Superstars, and the format of the show was exactly what I always remembered wrestling to be. This is the wrestling that I was raised on for all those years. Um, and so I was super excited. 1992 for me is the, is a, is a perfect year. So I like superstars so much that, you know, I would go to the, uh, wrestling conventions. I still do go to wrestling conventions all the time. That's one of the great parts about living in the East coast, but it used to be, I think that WWE has cracked down on it a lot, probably for the best for their business, but there used to be like these big tables of bootleg DVDs that they would have on sale. And so I bought like. I think maybe uh, definitely the 1990 and the 1991 and maybe also the 1992 seasons of WWF superstars on like bootleg DVD. And they were all originally VHS taped off of TV and then transfer and then copied and then copied and then copied and then transferred onto DVD. You know, when I, I was a I was a tape trader when I was in high school. And so that's when I really started to build my tape collection. I had all the pay-per-views on tape. And I had a bunch of, like, Monday Night Raws and shows like that that were on tape just from taping them at night, and I never wanted to tape over them. But in terms of actually building out 
a collection in high school was when I started tape trading and really building out that collection and finding episodes of superstars and wrestling challenge. Those were the gems. Uh, and so I went forward and, and, and the, and this was, you know, years after high school, this is probably, I don't know, 10 years ago or so I found it at these wrestling conventions, these bootleg tables and they would sell them. It'd be like, I don't know, 50 or 80 bucks or something like that. Cause it would be a, there's probably like 50 bucks. It would be a, a, a DVD kind of a big thick case and it would only have one or two episodes of superstars per DVD. So it was like 30 discs or something because 52 weeks in a year, 52 episodes of all of the WWF superstars for that year. Except, you know, I mean, none of them would be labeled and I'd have to go through and find match listings and put the discs in the right order and realize that there were episodes missing or some of the episodes were bad quality, but still you would just put them on or I would just put them on and just play them in the background for everything. So to see the WWE Network have them up in pristine quality is like, it's amazing. I know that some people freaked out when they added, it's like having all the episodes of Raw and Nitro are awesome. And that's like a, 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 a dream come true for a, a wrestling dork like me or, or like you guys are, I'm sure. But it's almost required viewing. Like you would expect if they're going to have a WWE network that all the Raws and Nitros would be there. It's the gems like Thursday Thunder, which they added, like Sunday Night Heat, which they added, like WCW Saturday Night, which they added, but I still need more because I need the later episodes, personally, and Superstars. And they put up uh, Superstars from 1992, and it basically runs from the week after WrestleMania 8 until the end of the year in 92. And I, it, some people want earlier. I think it all depends on your generation. Like, for me, that was when I was uh, seven, or I think like eight years old, probably going into nine. First half of the episodes, I was eight. Second half of the episodes, I was nine, I I want to say, maybe, something like that. Probably about, I was around eight years old. And so that's when, you know, you really start to develop, like, that's when you become a fanatic of stuff. You can't really be a fanatic of stuff before you're eight. You just love everything, you know, when you're a little kid. But, like, that's when I was living in the UK, and I would, I would uh, the WWF superstars in the UK would come on Friday nights at, like, 10 p.m., Instead of uh, in the U.S., it would be Saturday mornings at noon. So I would I would couldn't stay up till 10 p.m. because I was young. My parents wouldn't let me. So I would VHS tape the episodes of Superstars and then wake up at like five o'clock in the morning every Saturday morning, run downstairs and watch my episodes of Superstars. But it was '92. I mean, that's the year that I really remember watching it. And like one of the first angles that they show is uh, the Berserker almost stabbing the Undertaker with his sword. If I'm, if, if people have been asking where should I start, what episode should I watch, just watch the first episode and just over the next, I don't know, depending on how your your intensity, it's probably going to take me a couple months, but you could do it in a week if you wanted to. Just watch all the episodes in order and you can see these storylines play out. Watch all the episodes in order and uh, just put it on in the background while you're doing everything else because it's, it's just awesome. But... A big question came up because it made me, uh, it put into perspective the way I was watching Monday Night Raw. Specifically what I was seeing on Monday Night Raw. So we're going to talk about that probably in the State of Wrestling segment this week. Um, Comparing, because I compared Superstars from 92 to Raw in 2019. And I got a lot of backlash on it. I got a lot of people agreeing with me. 
And then I got a lot of backlash on it, which literally anytime you post any kind of opinion on Twitter, I guess that's what's going to happen. But I found it very, very interesting. You know, the backlash that I got on it, I I was surprised how much there was and the reasoning people had for it. And that's something that I want to kind of dissect in the state of wrestling this week. Um, you know, I also want to tell you that I've been spending a bunch of time this week getting things together for the big show in Phoenix, Friday night, this uh, tomorrow. If you're listening to this podcast when it drops, the big live show is tomorrow night, January 25th, the Friday before the Rumble, tomorrow night in Phoenix, Arizona, CB Live. There's still time to get tickets. Copper Blues Live, cblive.com to get your tickets. Be there. Corey Graves is going to be my co-host. We're going to be going down uh, classic moments from the Rumble. We're going to have uh, clips. We're going to be, uh, I'm going to have other special guests coming out. Uh, It's going to be interactive. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be a really, really fun way to start out the the Royal Rumble weekend for all of you guys in Phoenix. And I, I, I have the posters at the printer right now. So we will have the posters that I've been posting on Instagram, the old school uh, Royal Rumble looking posters uh, the, the, that were done. We'll have those available at the show and sign them and the whole deal. It's going to be a really, really fun show. So be there this Friday, tomorrow, if you're listening to this podcast on time, maybe it's today, January 25th, be there for the live show. Now, I wanted to do something special because it is Royal Rumble week. And, you know, we used to, I don't know if you can hear me, can you hear the dog barking in the background? There she is. I knew Lila wouldn't disappoint. Um, She's right above the studio right now. Uh, You know, we used to do it. We we tried to maintain a tradition here on the podcast where we had uh, our guest this week come in before big shows, before the big five pay-per-views. And just kind of talk about not only the lead up to this year's pay-per-view, but the the wax nostalgic about our memories of the pay-per-view of the past. And uh, we've done it for SummerSlams before. But this guy's a busy guy. This Dan Soder, you've seen him on Billions. You, he's on the bonfire every night doing his radio show over on Sirius XM with me. Uh, not that I'm on the bonfire with him. I'm saying we're both on Sirius XM. Uh, but I said, let me lock this guy down because it's been too long. Since we had Soder on the podcast, I love talking wrestling with him. I know you guys love hearing his take on stuff. Uh, so let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, this week, my guest on Not Sam Wrestling, as we break down the Royal Rumble and everything that is this time of year, the lead up to WrestleMania, here he is, Dan Soder. The Not Sam Wrestling interview. Well, it's about time. Damn right. It's a big pay per view weekend. And the only way to celebrate a big pay-per-view weekend. Remember we had a, a original plans to do this every big pay-per-view weekend? Dude, we talked so much shit. And then we were like, maybe if we do it every year and a half, it, it'll work. It's such a divorced dad thing. <laughs> you're like, Don't worry. I'm, I'm coming to all your games. <laughs> and you're like, all right, when's the when's the finale? When's the last game of the season? <laughs> yeah. right, I'm going to make it, bud. I'm going to make it. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Next season. Next season, Next though. season. You're, opener. I, you're still in high school. You're going to be on varsity. <laughs> it's more important I go to that game. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Soder is here. Hello. Hey, Dan. Very excited for the Royal Rumble. Well, that's why I was like, if if you're, let's say you only make it to one podcast this year to to hype up one pay per view, this is the one, right? I am very excited about this. I think I've explained this before on your podcast. Royal Rumble is when I come back to wrestling. I yeah. I, I leave it at Survivor Series. It's probably smart. And then I come back at Royal Rumble. So you just take two months off. Yeah, but it's there's there's a lot going on. There's like there's football. 
college and pro. Now, do you take it off WWE or wrestling? Meaning, oh no, I watch New Japan. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. Now, I I, I gotta see Wrestle Kingdom, bro. I watch Wrestle Kingdom, but I also still watch. I watch occasional Raws. Oh, okay. The last Raw that I watched in full was when Finn won the number one contender match, which, which I it, really liked. And then it hypes you up, being like, "I'm about to come back for the Royal exactly. Rumble." And, but I've only been watching SmackDown for the last three months. SmackDown's great. Because Raw, it's been a real fast-forward through kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, Raw's starting to get there. I'd say in the last two weeks or so is they, when... They have most of my favorite, you know, superstars, so it's... Well, yeah, the thing with WWE is the issue is not a lack of talent. Like, no. It, the, the roster's amazing. Yeah, it, it's almost like who they give the more time to. It's like a rap album when, like, it's a rap <laughs> group like Wu-Tang. You're like, more ODB... How about a little less Raekwon? Yeah, Just I, on this song. I, I, the more Raekwon and Method Man on the next one. Right. Like, yeah, I feel like there was no ODB at all on this song. Why, exactly. You have him. That's, you're like, Why wouldn't you use him? Are you just disrespecting Ghostface like that? <laughs> yeah. You're just not. You know, ODB is not going to be here forever. <laughs> exactly. But that's how I feel a lot about the talent. So I haven't really been. I, I've been fast forwarding a lot through Raw. But we were talking about off air uh, Royal Rumble is the easiest event to invite non wrestling fans to. Oh yeah, and that's and that's like it's also the best one to have uh, people who maybe they were fans when they were a kid, exactly, and haven't watched in their adult life. But once a year, Dude. they'll come around. Like I remember, it was probably the two thousand and one. I want to say Royal Rumble. I want to say two thousand and one. It could have been later. But it was in the early 2000s. It was after 2000 for sure. Because Royal Rumble 2000. Was it the tail end of the Attitude Era? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Before Royal Rumble 2000 was the one with the taxi cab hanging off the thing. And it Great. was in Madison Square Garden. Amazing. Unbelievable. But it was, yeah, because I think it was it was right after high school probably. And I was watching Royal Rumble at my girlfriend at the Times house. And she wasn't interested at all. But I started looking around. And there were all these people that don't watch wrestling that... They were invested in it, and I was watching in her house, and all these people were over, and that's the one that Goldust came, returned out of yeah. nowhere. He hadn't been around for years, and you're yeah. like, oh, my God, it's Goldust. And then Mr. Perfect Oh, yeah, the surprise back. entrance. Yeah, and remember, and he, had a little, bad. And he had a little run. Yeah. It didn't, was... it didn't end up panning out, but he had a little run. Yeah, that was fun. It, it, those, when the guy, when the older superstars can come back and work. Yeah. Like uh, when Ricky the Dragon Steamboat came back, I want to say seven years ago and mm -hmm. actually worked like a couple matches when he did yeah because he because that was wrestlemania 25 i yes. want to say yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and because they, it was the they brought was, all the legends out yeah it was supposed to be jericho versus mickey rourke yeah and then mickey rourke blew it early and then backed out and it was like you just, why would you screw us twice yeah but then ricky the dragon steamboat came in right because they did okay we're gonna do the triple threat or, or the three on one mm -hmm. it's gonna be piper i think it was piper snooker and steamboat okay and Piper and Snooka like couldn't really move. Yeah. And then Steamboat got in with Jericho, and it was like, whoa! It was crazy. Where did this come from? And it was so good that the pay-per-view after that, they actually had to just do Jericho versus Steamboat rematch. Yeah, because it was fun to watch. I mean, he got in there, and you're like, Steamboat couldn't go. Yeah. That's what it was like when Perfect came in in 01. Well, what about, uh, I mean, and then there's the Royal Rumble when, like, at something like 58, DDP shows up in his DDP yoga shirt and just starts dropping diamond cutters. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I yeah. mean, I was partially excited, but I've read enough of the dirt sheets to know. I was hoping Kenny Omega would pop at like 23, 24. This year? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't... He was on Being the Elite this week. I know. And it made me go like, oh. Okay. I feel like he wouldn't do Being the Elite this week. Unless there is one massive fucking secret going on.
And it's weird. I'll things- punch someone. <laughs> I will punch someone in the face if I if you if they like yeah. and you just hear that fucking New Japan weird or like his his music is kind of the Terminator theme but not the Terminator theme or the or the Bucks come out and they go AEW has a TV deal yeah. on the WWE Network. Oh, dude! And everybody goes, "What? It's a dream inside a dream." <laughs> yeah. You incepted a wrestling. We all just melt. Yeah, just dude. collectively, it's like <laughs> we, we've reached the pinnacle of wrestling fandom. There's no place else to go you can't move anywhere um but what we were talking about was like i was gonna say that i was bummed because i know that you're you're working this weekend you're gonna be in atlanta doing yeah. stand-up i will be at the punchline in atlanta for six shows three on a saturday it's gonna be brutal <laughs> come by because at first it was selfish because i was like you should come and do my show in phoenix yeah you know my pre-royal awesome. rumble show with Corey graves would have been a lot of fun but then i was like oh i wanted you to just come to the rumble because mm. in my head, you had been there last year. Because oh. I, I guess you had planned on going. Oh, dude! Because I, I remember rent, I rented a car. Right. It was in Philly, right? It was in Philly. And I remember seeing Michael Che, and I remember in my head it was well, Soder and Michael Che go to these shows together. Yeah. I know. I talked to Che right after the Rumble last year, so I must have talked to Soder, and then I started getting. Because I saw both of you together at Raw, Raw 25. 25, yeah, and so I started getting everything mixed up because then you reminded me you weren't there last year either. Dude, it was, I didn't watch the Royal Rumble until Monday. I'm, I, I missed that, it. Yeah. I missed it because I, so I, I'm, uh, Che and I are both 49ers fans as well. He grew up liking the 49ers to piss his brother off being a, a New York Giants fan. I grew up because my dad's from the Bay Area. We're both massive 49er fans. His, his reasoning a little more toxic than yours. It's so great. Yeah. It's the most Che reasoning ever to it like really a football is. team. I love that he does it. And he it. stuck with it. I just did. It's just that what a, what a commitment to spite. So um, the Eagles, this was the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl last football season. I got tickets to 49ers Eagles. 49ers were playing in Philly. Big J, Christine, myself, and Che were going to go down. Mm-hmm. Che ran into some work shit, could not head down on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So he's like, dude, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I know you bought a ticket. I ended up giving it to a friend. But he's like, Royal Rumble on me. Like, we're going to the Royal Rumble. It's in Philly. Let's fucking go. We'll go back to Philly, and this time I'll go. Fucking brilliant. I'll rent a car. I love driving. Love to drive down to Philly. It's a good drive. Great From drive. The city, perfect. It's easy. It's perfect. Plus, I love you can it. get a bunch of Wawa and take it back with you. Oh yeah. It, there's all like you shit. You can get food sandwiches. Reasons. You can get food. Apple you can fritters. Get, gas. You can get shirts. Oh my god. Wardrobe. Those. Don't sleep on those hoodies. Right. <laughs> Buy a Wawa hoodie. It is so fucking comfortable. Right. So I have a lady friend oh. uh, <laughs> visiting the weekend of Royal Rumble, and she's leaving on Sunday morning. So she leaves. I take her to the airport at like six in the morning. I go and get a rental car, and I come home to sleep a little bit. And I park my rental car out front, and I'm like, I'll wake up at 2, shower. Monroe Martin, who's another comic, who you hooked up with a ticket yep. for, for Royal Rumble. I like Monroe. Monroe's great. And uh, Che and Monroe are supposed to come over to my house at 3. We're going to drive down to Philly, park, get some cheesesteaks, boom, boom, go in, fucking see the first ever 30-woman uh, Rumble. Super excited about it. Um, I go to sleep at 7 a.m., Mm-hmm. 8.30 a.m., I wake up, and I throw up. No. And I'm like, oh, that's weird, because it was a quick throw up. Right. I was like, well, what the fuck? That was an odd thing. Did it happen? Let me lay down. Maybe I'll feel better. Half hour later, I wake up, shit my brains out. No. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, have you ever- I'm s- sure this is just a morning thing. Yeah, I'm pregnant. <laughs> have you ever slid on ice in a car and uh, sure. hit another car? 
No, I've come very close though. When you hit another car, yeah. that's the feeling I got from what this because I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no, and it was like, boom, and I shit and threw up violently simultaneously for seven hours. Oh, no. I, it was one and it was of, the absolute worst seven hours possible. I mean, I, I immediately, um, I immediately called Che and was like, dude, I can't go. I'm throwing up and I'm shitting, and he's like, okay. I tell, you know, Monroe's coming with us. And he's like, cool, Monroe will sit with me. So Monroe got bumped from fucking your, t- which are good tickets, to behind the broadcaster's booth. Take a chair home tickets. Yeah, he took a chair home. <laughs> yeah. Took a chair. I was really wanted that chair. chair home. I really wanted that Royal Rumble chair. Yeah. Uh, so I just, like, I tr- I watched the first match, and I was on the couch, and I, like, nested, you know, because I, I was filming Billions the next day at 5 a.m. And so I'm throwing up and shitting. So you're, but your original plan was to drive all the way to Philly, enjoy the Royal Rumble experience, drive back home, maybe sleep for an hour and go and do Billions? I was, I was planning on sleeping about two hours. See, I would have loved that because then we could have all gone back to that episode of Billions and oh, tried, watched to, me tried to see you as a, a mess. Just loafing All the because whole time. of the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, pretty fucking bad. And the doctor called me because I called like the assistant director. And I'm like, hey, man, heads up. I'm shitting and puking violently. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the, the doctor calls me. He's like, listen. I forget what it's called. It's a specific thing that they get on cruise ships. He had a, he's like, oh, you have this virus. You're going to just throw up and shit. He's like, you're not going to be able to keep it down food, drink water. Can you get Gatorade? So I got Gatorade and water, and I had a friend take my rental car back, which was the worst. Because then you know it's over. Because I was like, here's 20 bucks. Will you take my rental car back to LaGuardia? And he's like, yeah. And I, was I, like, don't, I don't need it anymore. Oh, oh, <laughs> I, had a whole, I had a whole adventure planned out, uh, and I don't need my I don't, car. I don't get I'm, to I'm see not... wrestling. I don't get to eat Wawa. No, and then you're like, well, maybe the Royal Rumble will suck. And, and I'm, dude. Wow, what a rumble. Like, I came back. I stayed off social media. I stayed off social media when so I was So it was sick. not spoiled. So it was not spoiled. So you watched on Monday, no spoilers? I got done with filming after 10 hours, and I was still sick. I still felt shitty. And Damian Lewis wasn't like, oh, did you see Nakamura win? Why uh, did you do why it, you? Damian? God damn it, Axe! I just <laughs> yeah. fucking stone cold stun him. <laughs> yeah, I-, I Then Paul fought... Giamatti jumps in, and he's like, an Asuka, the uh, women's, uh, huh? I was like, no! <laughs> no! No! Double Asian winners? <laughs> Who would have seen that? Yeah, and why didn't any of you guys invite me to your viewing party? Oh my God, I didn't know we could share everything. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I-, I stayed off the grid and saw all the Royal Rumble and then was so mad during the triple threat match between Braun, Brock, and uh, Roman. That sounds right. It was Braun, Brock, and Roman. I look and Braun's going to throw uh, Lesnar on a table and I just see Monroe and Che watching. Like, oh, and I was like, (laughs) I took a picture of Monroe and I was like, I'm looking at your dumb face and I missed Royal Rumble because I had... Some stupid boat virus. Well, I'll tell you, I'm sure it would, nobody had a good time because I remember that night and on the way out, they were leaving and Che just like looked at me and he goes, like in a state of euphoria, yeah, yeah. and he goes, Sam, man, that was so much fun. Oh. <laughs> like He just had such a good time. And that was one of the ones, I actually went out onto the floor yeah. to watch both men, but the men's, the men's rumble match when you're sitting there. And, like, you're looking at the final four. Dude. And it's, like... Roman, Shinsuke. So it wasn't a triple threat. Roman wasn't in the triple threat. No, he wasn't. It was Shinsuke, Roman... Cena. Cena, and one other person that I was like, okay, if he wins, I'm cool with it. It, AJ? No. It was AJ in that triple threat. AJ was the champion. 
Yeah. AJ might have been in the... Yeah, because I was thinking it was gonna be, it was Nakamura, AJ, and I was like, they did it. They yeah. fixed wrestling. But yeah, yeah, the final four was like, it it was, it, yeah, it was Roman and Cena, and then Nakamura, and somebody else that was like a fan choice. Balor. Yeah, Balor. Balor was the yeah, other one. Because I was like, man. And, and it, you're looking at it, and it's like, it's the fan's choice versus the company's choice. Yeah. And then right before that, the final six had been Cena, Orton, Mysterio. Oh, crazy. And then Balor, uh, uh, Roman, <sighs> Nakamura, and you're going, oh my God, it's this era yeah, versus-, versus the Ruthless Aggression era. It was just like perfectly done. And then when One Nak- of the best Royal Rumbles probably the last five years. Definitely. The best five, in the last five years, it was the best Royal Rumble. Certainly in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> and when, The Rock didn't get booed that night. Yeah. And with this confused look, what is this sound you're making? I don't like it. This reminds me of, is my name Rocky Maivia? Yeah. Did you did you see my my cheat day post on yeah. Instagram? Guys, I... the sushi train pulled up. Why are, you boo- <laughs> why are you booing me? I'm watching Netflix on my laptop and eating pancakes. Shout out to my ombre, Jeff Ross. <laughs> I'm watching, I'm eating pancakes and eating cookies. My secret cookies. Why are you booing me? <laughs> I don't understand. Um... But yeah, when like, when when Philadelphia collectively realized yeah. that Nakamura had actually won the match, crazy, and it was just this feel. It was just adulation. It was just everybody feeling like we got one. We got one. They yeah. finally gave us one that we cared about. And then and then to go into the women's match, have like it was just so perfectly done with all the legends coming back and blah blah blah. Have Oscar win. Great. And then the Ronda Rousey surprise. Yeah. Which was a legit surprise. She was hidden all day and everything. But I'll tell you this: uh, really showed that she's not good behind a mic. In that moment, because that was the lassie. She just kept pointing at WrestleMania, and you're like, right. "What is it, girl? But what is it? Someone's at WrestleMania." She's like, <laughs> "You're like, no, are we fighting?" She looked, she would smile, and then she'd be like, "Just a WrestleMania." You're like, "Stop, Ronda." But that was also, and people forget now that that Royal Rumble. Led to us being like, I'm really excited that Ronda's here, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden I'm not sure about Ronda. And then from that Royal Rumble all the way until WrestleMania, people people were like, this isn't going to work. No, no, this yeah, is it's not going to work. WrestleMania, everyone right. was like, this sucks. And then the match at WrestleMania. Great. That's another one that I went out into the crowd for. Triple H, Stephanie versus Ronda and, and Kurt, Kurt Angle. And and it was it's like, great. oh my God, she's here. She's really great in the ring. If yeah. You keep her, if you keep her protected with someone behind a mic... I think she's been way better behind the mic now that she's actually had like uh, stories to tell. But what's even better yeah. is how fucking great Becky Lynch has been doing. I mean, the best thing in wrestling. Come on, best like, thing in wrestling. I'm almost best thing in wrestling. It's it's not even. You could try to say AEW is cool. It's cool that they're starting a no, a new promotion with Jericho and you know all these like awesome guys. But it's like Facebook and the Facebook movie. We don't know. What it is yet? We yeah. don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. <laughs> but Becky Lynch, man, we know that she's the man. Yeah, and you got to like, come for the man's belt. And to set that up, if they headline WrestleMania, well, you sit there and you go like, okay, like you're trying to figure out how to get there because you're going, I want Becky Lynch to win the women's championship. I also want her but to I take on want Ronda her, Rousey. But I also want her to win the Royal Rumble. So do why you, can't you do both? Why well, doesn't she win the Royal Rumble then just turn around and win the women's match? I don't know, man. I just let Becky win everything. That's the thing. You but, want Becky to win everything. But the, realistically... Because it's got to set up the Ronda Becky now if we're going to do it at WrestleMania. So, realistically, okay, there's only a few ways to get there. Either 
Becky has to lose to Asuka, secretly enter the Royal Rumble, I love and Asuka. win. I love Asuka, too. I want to date Asuka. I want her to be my she wife. Seems to, I, She's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Dad! <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you just Sorry, look, baby. Sorry, baby. You look at Asuka and you're like, She's the one. Yeah, she is. Yeah. No, I, mean, I love Asuka very, very much myself. Um, but you either have to have Asuka yeah. beat Becky, and then Becky enters the Rumble and wins, or or what? you that, have Sasha Banks beat Ronda. Beat Ronda they wouldn't do that. And then Ronda enters the Royal Rumble and wins. I mean, either that's or. the long that's the that's like, you know, what's more likely to happen? Do you I, think they'll do the championship matches before the Rumble? See, it all depends on what's going to happen in these things. And I, and that'll be like a, a good indication. Like, this is one of those shows where match order is so up in the air. I don't Because even it know. depends on what happens in the matches. Like, I'm, Why am I blanking on who's the Intercontinental? It's Seth versus who? No, no Intercontinental. No, no Intercontinental this one, right? Because, because there's a Bobby, US... Bobby and his glutes. Because Bobby Lashley is the Intercontinental Champion. Oh, yeah, from the Triple Threat the match. The new one. On and Raw. He's gonna that was be, a great Raw. It was great Raw. He's going to be showing off those glutes. Yeah, in the Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, in the Matt Royal Rumble match itself. The Seth I, is in the Rumble. Is Nakamura and Rusev in the Royal Rumble because they're doing the U.S. Championship on the kickoff show? They are doing the U.S. Championship, so I don't. They have not been announced to be in the Rumble. Okay, but they obviously haven't announced everybody that's in the Rumble. Yeah, you but think I, any legends come back? They, I mean, they have to. They have to. I do. Well, you know, I don't know. You think about like it's so random because like last year. They came with the uh, first of all, there'll be some NXT guys theoretically, right? Like Adam Cole showed up in the Royal Rumble last year. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You think EC3 comes out this year? I maybe, probably, but that wouldn't be my that wouldn't be technically the NXT pick because he's been lingering on the main Dude, roster. Ricochet could be Ricochet. I wouldn't be surprised if it was uh, Velveteen. Love it. Would but think been, about it this way. Love Velveteen's dream coming out. I don't think he has a match at TakeOver. Yeah. And, and that's he's been the... kind of a storyline where, like, I'm not showing up unless you realize my worth. Like, imagine if Velveteen is not at TakeOver, has no match, no mention of Velveteen at TakeOver, and then all of a sudden we're at number Velveteen 17. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude. Phoenix would go wild. I mean, dude, if you heard that, eh. Velveteen Dream. Dream. He's he's great. Yeah. That's a guy where you're like. And the Royal Rumble would be a perfect sort of uh, spot to just kind of showcase him. He doesn't go to the main roster after that. He's still at NXT, but just for an evening. Has he had the NXT title? No, no, no. no. He hasn't had the title yet. No. The title has not left the waist of Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, who's great. Amazing. Great. But so is Aleister Black. Gargano's amazing right now. Yeah. I mean, NXT is... So good. It's Let's just say it. It's uh, it's the best. Awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's yeah. The, uh, NXT events, uh, like TakeOver, I, I'm going to watch on Monday because uh, Dan, Dan St. Germain... I, as I said, I gamble on the Royal Rumble, and you reminded me this. You told me this before we were on air. Now I can gamble on... Two matches, two Royal Rumbles, right? And you won't have your cruise ship sickness, so yeah, you can do it in real time. Know. And oh man, please don't knock on wood. I don't. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm so fucking nervous about that. So when you gamble, do you? So the only time that I've ever had friends to do this, I'll be at their house, and the gambling is done on numbers. Yeah. So you basically have you see how many people you have. I'm thinking I'll probably have ten people over at my house, so that gives people three numbers each. Uh, usually yeah. do three. Uh, you know, if you're getting three numbers, it's $10 a person, $10 a number. Mm-hmm. 
If you want to buy three, you can. If you want to buy one, you can. But then right. your extra ones go back, and then people can bid like, all right, the most you can have is four. We, I won't let you have more than four. So if, what if it, what if it, there's a number that nobody's picked? Well, you what you do is you do all 30 numbers, and then you put them in a hat, and then people pick their numbers. But what if there's not 30, meaning if somebody's like, I only want to enter we'll, one time. Yeah, well, then we figure that out beforehand. Yeah. Because we'd be like, all right, this person gets four, this person gets four, you're only taking two. Gotcha, gotcha. This gotcha, person's gotcha. taking three. To make sure that everything's spoken. Yeah, and you write it down. You're like, this yeah. person gets three numbers, and then you give them their numbers, and then that's what I'm saying. When people who it don't care about Royal fun. Rumble, they're yeah. like, I want 14. I'm like, Bang, and you're like, ah, I'm back. Right. I had, um, I had number one, I had Rusev. Remember the year he was under the ring? And, and he came like, back. Oh my Roman, god! I was like, I'm fucking doing it. Then he lost. I was like, of course, Roman won. <laughs> Fuck. Because my friend had Roman Reigns. I was like, and you won. <laughs> um, but then you reminded me that I get to do that this year with the women's rumble. Double, double shot. Fucking so, a. numbers aside, is do you have a, a person that you'd like to see win the two rumbles? Like I was kind of racking my brain, and what you have to think about is, I feel like there are more options for Brock at WrestleMania. I mean, theoretically, if Brock keeps the title against Finn Balor, which one would assume will happen? <sighs> I want Finn to win it so bad. Well, so and I, I know course. he's not going to. You and I believe in Finn Balor. I fucking love Finn Balor. He's the greatest. We were at SummerSlam when he originally won it over Seth Rollins. Yes. You and I were sitting together at yes. SummerSlam. I would Although that's love... when I would, did for half the show do the Dicharuni. Oh, you uh, Menudos? Yeah, and, and I went to the take-home chair section. Yeah, I know. Remember? But mm-hmm. he got me a chair. That's right. You got your boy a chair. Uh, of course. So that's fine. Yes, I yes, didn't care. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got it was a great hang. Right. And I told you, I, I don't want to leave you. And you were like, dude, go. Yeah. And when I was Maria like, Menounos invites you downstairs, <laughs> yeah. you go downstairs. Yeah, go. Just get me a chair on the way out. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. You're like, I got two chairs. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I tied my shoes on that chair today. It's in my living room. Good. All I have is fucking wrestling chairs in my house. You <laughs> wonder awesome. if I'm going to die alone. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, okay. It's all wrestling chairs, yeah, not a regular chair in the house. But when you have people over for the Rumble, they go, this is on brand. Right, right. <laughs> go, you plan this for the party? Oh, uh, yeah. Sure. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah why I'm, not? Not, I'm not in it uh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, so I would like to, I'm a Miz guy. I fucking love the Miz, but him and Shane are going after the titles, the so tag here's, titles. Here's the thing that I was I brought up. I was talking about it earlier today because I think kind of the most likely is that Seth Rollins wins the Rumble and goes on to WrestleMania to face Brock Lesnar. Great, which I would love. Love that. Like if that is the most likely and predictable thing, I'm happy with it. Mm. I'd love to see Seth win and fight Brock Lesnar and do the whole thing. But you're sitting there and you're going. Who do they have for Daniel Bryan after AJ Styles? I want AJ Styles to win it back. Okay. He I want, AJ, win Sty- it back I want AJ Styles to win it back. AJ Styles wins it back, and then maybe who wins, though? Who 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 on SmackDown, th- what's the, your SmackDown WWE Championship match so I think for WrestleMania? You, I think you do a flip of last year. I think you take the winner of the Rumble and put him against Brock. Okay. Uh, a la a Seth Rollins versus Brock. Sure. Then you do the Elimination Chamber for SmackDown. Sure. And then that way you can build a little bit of a storyline in two weeks. Right. But in, yeah, between January and February. See who wins, Brian or, or Styles. Yeah, that makes sense. And then the, kind of build it up. Because that's what they did last year with Brock. They so, were just like, oh, cool. We the we obviously Nakamura Styles. No one wanted to see Nakamura Brock. Mm-hmm. We want to see Nakamura Styles. Everyone said that. So they're like, fuck. When they gave us that match, we're like, yes, even though that low blow was dog shit. Although. At least it freshened up Nakamura a little bit. It did. It was a good heel time. turn, but yeah. it could have been. They could have done a more substantial heel turn. So the other version of this is 
what would happen if Miz and Shane have this thing going on right now, right? But it's kind of it's it's it's, it's, it's built it's built to break. It is it could be, but we felt the same way about Sasha Banks and Bailey, right? True, and they're going who are they, they? It's Natalia and uh... at the for the no, it's Sasha and Ronda. Oh yeah, Sasha yeah. and Ronda. Yeah, but. So Miz and Shane, it feels kind of good guy-ish though, right? Yeah. Like they they have a real camaraderie. So what if the Miz won the Royal Rumble? Yeah. And, and then the, a good guy Miz challenged a bad guy Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Crazy. And on the Cra- way- I would fucking love that. A baby face Miz? And a bad guy Daniel Bryan. And How I'm- you do it is you have to stick with the Miz on that SmackDown Live promo. Where he fucking laid into Daniel Bryan, yeah. and he was like, "I work my fucking ass off." And now off. it's sympathetic. And, ah, come on, Sammy! And you're sitting there, I fucking love that. You're sitting there going, "Well, what about if Shane? they can make it work? What about Shane? Because the Miz and Shane have this whole thing. Does Shane turn on? No, Shane doesn't turn on the Miz. Because here's what happens. Literally this week on SmackDown, yeah, Daniel Bryan was tearing down Vince McMahon. Yeah, who would be pissed about Vince McMahon getting te- torn down? Shane. So what if? There's one pay-per-view between, for Smack, well, actually, no, I guess they're both dual-branded now. Yeah. There's two pay-per-views. But you go, okay, so what do you do between- Wait, what are the two pay-per-views? It's Elimination Chamber and what else? I think there's a fast lane or something in there. Oh, fire, balls of fire? And something some like that, shit, yeah. Some yeah. fucking garbage I mean, thing they threw together? Maybe there won't be because it's not, because it's dual-branded now. But I think that there's a second, I think there's two pay-per-views before yeah, okay. WrestleMania. But you go, well, what do you do between Miz and- Brian on the way to WrestleMania, and that's when Shane is there to not only support his partner but avenge his dad. Yeah, and you've got it. You've got but for for February, a good guy Shane McMahon. Yeah, versus a bad guy Daniel Bryan. Unbelievable. And now Miz not only is he getting this match because of their history. Yeah, but he's also going to avenge. It's crazy. His to, bestie. It'd be crazy to turn it around. It'd be crazy to have a heel be a babyface. But it's there, right? I mean, you the potential. I would never have seen this coming in a million years. But Daniel Bryan's such a good bad guy. Do you think there's any chance of hearing a burner, burner, burner? I don't burn, know. Burn. I mean, I mean, that pop happens during the Royal Rumble. It's going to be the only time where people want the Rumble to go to Reigns. It will be even bigger. It will be bigger than so. What was it, 2000? If you came back with a shaved head looking badass. Yeah. Without a bulletproof vest, just a fucking top. Yeah, or just the chest showing. Just show the chest. Show, show the Ambrose is off. doing it, dude. Yeah, you're Everyone's in good shape. doing it. Come <laughs> shape. on. But it would be as big. The other Royal It'd Rumble. Be, I would pop. I would. I never think I'd pop that hard for Roman. Like, ah, fuck! What the fuck? Well, when Royal Rumble returned to Madison Square Garden <laughs> after 2000, this yeah. was like, you know, I don't know, several years later. And that was the Royal Rumble that number 30. Yeah. And and it was like the reaction was so amazing because people were so surprised because Cena was injured. Yeah. And he was supposed to be out for like seven months and it had only been three. 
Do you and, think- and the reaction was so crazy because we were still all booing Cena, especially in New York. Yeah. But people were so surprised. It was the biggest yeah boo. Go back. <laughs> go back and watch it because people are so excited that they forgot yeah. that we're supposed to boo. They go, ah, boo. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> Fuck, I hate him. Yeah, but I'm so happy. But I'm so happy he's back. Do you think- But Ken- this, would be, this would be bigger. It would be crazy because I the pop would stay, I think. People but I, would be like, I think- Ken- it wouldn't be yeah, but it would be yeah. Everyone like, I mean, um, he still probably shouldn't win, but yeah. No, one of my favorite wrestling things is just when the music hits. When The Rock came back on Raw, how everyone lost their shit. To when he did that thing with uh, with Cena. Yeah. When he just came back oh, yeah, after yeah, yeah, eight yeah. years, yeah. And just on Raw, it was just fucking. You just heard the music break. The Royal Rumble. Even, even last when, place that that can really happen. Where even when Shane came back, crazy. Yeah, a couple years went nuts. ago. Yeah, when he became the GM, right. people went nuts. Ah, uh, do you think Kevin Owens comes back? That's a, I mean, again, so like I don't know any of the health yeah. of anybody. We're just speculating. I think that that's way more likely than Roman. Roman. Yeah, I think yeah. you hear Kevin or Sami Zayn. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe AJ Styles beats Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens comes back and wins the Royal Rumble, and we head to WrestleMania with AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. Who knows? That's another fandom. But I tell you this: if Kevin Owens does come back. It needs to be the badass it needs to be NXT fight. version, yeah. fight Owens fight. Fight Owens fight. Bring uh, him back. Like, I'm going and I'm going to injure Sami Zayn and I'm going to injure this person. Like, Just I'm be a like, badass. You, guys, you guys still are disrespecting me. I've been, the, I've had everything and you guys still don't. Yeah. Right. Not like that chicken angry. bad guy, angry bad guy. Yeah, not chicken bad guy. Angry right. Kevin Owens who looks like Big J. So the, <laughs> there was, uh, uh, I was going through footage of all kinds because w- when we do this uh, show in Phoenix on Friday, I'm going to play some clips from Royal Rumbles and stuff and just kind of, you know, yeah. reflect on the moment. So I've been watching a bunch of stuff. First of all, if you go back on the WWE Network, so you and I were talking about uh, Superstars from 92 being added. I've just been, I've been, I have it on in the apartment playing, and then when I see something, I unmute the TV and I watch it, and I'm like, Dude, all it's right. it's so good. I mean- It's per- my childhood. Yeah, it's perfect in McMahon. Yeah, But then commentary. they do um, a wrestling challenge, and it's Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby- after they, so they do like three superstars and then like a wrestling, ch- or two superstars and then like a wrestling challenge where it's like a bigger event. Uh huh. Where it's a longer show. It's right. Like two hours. Oh, really? It's unbelievable. Because they recap a lot of the superstar stuff and then they have like a big match. It's when Marty Jannetty shows up and hits Shawn Michaels in the mirror. Right. That was a wrestling challenge. Right. I don't think that was a superstars. Oh, 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 but on the episode of Superstars, they show wrestling challenge. Yeah, they just I show. Oh, okay. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah, an yeah, episode yeah. of wrestling challenge. Okay, but yeah. they, it's under the superstars thing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But. Man, is that my childhood. Yeah. I mean... Especially that year. Like, that's when... And I realized that Nails was, in fact, scary. He was scary as hell. That voice, I thought, was modified. No, it's it was It's deeper wasn't. than mine. And then he shows up, and he's actually... And, like, you bought into the beatdown that he gave the boss man. Yeah. But... Why did he... Where did he go after that? They just did that one run, and then they're like... He right. assaulted Vince McMahon in real life. No shit. That's the rumor. I mean, that's the legend. Yeah. That he was like mad that he didn't get more money for you know one of the pay-per-views and like they caught him like literally jumped over the table and started choking vince mcmahon and they're like you can't what you what? can't do that the guy runs the company you you're, fuck. you're definitely fired yeah like get for, out sure, of for sure for sure locker <laughs> but there was so much like weird stuff because i was also watching royal rumble from 93 and 90- Is that the first? No, it's not the Ric Flair. Ric Flair was 91. No, that was 92. 92, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is great. 92 starts off on a on a real high note. But 93, Ric Flair is in the 93 Rumble, but Ric Flair is out of the WWE by January 93. 
Yeah, he's back like, to WCW. Right. He ended up, he did the Rick, the Mr. Perfect career ending match on like the third episode of Raw or something like that. But I bring it up because, you know, when you look at coming off of WrestleMania in 92, and you can see this on the episodes of Superstars, they have Macho Man as the champion. Yeah. The Ultimate Warrior is right there as maybe your top good guy, if not the champion. This is before um, um, the madness, right? This is before they teamed up. The Ultimate Maniacs? Ultimate Maniacs. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yes, that was like the end of 92. You have uh, Psycho Sid as your theoretical big bad guy. Yeah, great. You know, coming off of that. You're building Papa Shango to be this super scary, like, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I was watching, there's a Papa Shango match on one of the superstars, and they go to a kid's face who's legitimately shook. I remember, so I was in the audience for SummerSlam 92. Yeah, that Wembley, right? Yeah, and I was terrified of Papa Shango. Yeah. Terrified. I was eight, and I was like, oh my God. He's an evil man. There's voodoo in the room. <laughs> there's voodoo. There's I know this is an open air, 80,000 seat stadium. But there's voodoo But in the still, room. there's voodoo in the room, and I can yeah. feel it, and this is bad. When he made the, when he made the warrior ooze. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But that's you... what I mean. Like, it was like such a big thing that it was like Papa Shango versus Ultimate Warrior and Psycho Sid. But by the time you get to the end of the year, and it's time for the Royal Rumble, nobody's left. Sid's gone. Yeah. Nails is gone. Yeah. Papa Shango is like curtain jerking and about to be gone. Macho Man is not talked about in that same sentence. He's not world champion status anymore. Crazy. Uh, uh, Warrior's gone. Every, the whole picture has changed. And you're sitting there watching it. And that's the 93 is the year that uh, Yoko won. Yeah. And that was also the first year. That was WrestleMania 9, right? That was the first year. That, and people forget... 93 is the first year that the winner of the Royal Rumble went on to WrestleMania. That wasn't a thing before 93. Yeah, they changed it. Because 92, the winner got to be the champion. Ric Flair won the title. He's won it outright. And well, then, well, who did they take it off? To? Wow, that was, uh, it was, so it was Survivor Series 91. It was Hogan versus Undertaker. Remember that. Undertaker won the title. And then they did Tuesdays in Texas. And then it was declared vacant. Weird. Because Hogan Ric left. Flair interfered and blah, blah, blah. And then Hogan left. And they said the winner of the Royal Rumble is going to get the title. So you thought it'd be Hogan. And then Sid eliminated Hogan. Crazy. Hogan remember, pulled out Sid and you were like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. And you go to WrestleMania. I remember being at a friend's house and being like, that's not how it's supposed to end. Right. What's going on like, here? Like Sid eliminated Hogan. You're like, that's wrong. There's been a horrible mistake. Put it back. <laughs> yeah. Put it back. I refuse. Put it back. I refuse your premise. It's like when Brock pinned Undertaker. You go, no, mm -mm. that was wrong. Yeah, this is. I, I reject this. Redo it. Yeah. yeah. Pass interference on the play. You guys didn't make the call. <laughs> but yeah. But then, uh, 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 then you go to WrestleMania eight, and it's Hogan versus Sid, and it's Macho versus the champion of the world, Ric Flair. Yeah. But that was the doctored pictures, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Rick and the lids. Yeah, the towels, the <laughs> yeah. matching towels. Yeah. And then they're like, it was imposed. And I was like, mm, mm. smart Ric Flair. Yeah, it was actually Randy and Liz. Oh, Randy. That's the R yeah. for Randy, <laughs> Didn't even not think Rick. Of it. Yeah. Oh, you fool. His real name's not Macho Man. Yeah, first name Macho, last yeah. name Man. That's great. He goes, uh, for the towels, can we do him? <laughs> yeah. They're just no. in it looking at yeah. it. She goes, Randy, what? <laughs> yeah. Come on, Randy. Randy, your name doesn't start with the name. Yeah, he goes, well, I didn't know, you know. I never shop for towels. <laughs> Just him upset doing husband shit with Elizabeth. He's got a closet full of stuff that's embroidered with an M in it. He goes, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Really wanted those towels. Hope I don't have to replace the pillowcases. Oh, man. If Liz and I split up, she's taking these towels. <laughs> I will not 
dry myself with a towel that has an aura on it. <laughs> no, because that's not your name. Yeah. <laughs> it's my Feeding name. strawberries is hilarious. Oh, that yeah. was the most sensual part of those pictures. Yeah, and you were like, oh my God. He's like, he fucked. But that was also- <laughs> like when you're a kid, and oh, you're like, yeah. they ate strawberries, they fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I know what that means. If I know one thing, is that is a sensual food, <laughs> and that is a sensual act, and Ric Flair is a sensual man. Oh, yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he absolutely is. And that's the that was the match when they were like, we're going to go to WrestleMania. And there's going to be a giant centerfold with Elizabeth, and it shows everything. You can even see the staple mark in her stomach. And it was like, whoa, that was, that was oh, uncalled for. Whoa. And then the match happens, and it was the first time you realize, oh, sometimes in wrestling there is no payoff. No. There's no centerfold. There's, they, they just said it. It was just a thing they said. Well, I heard on uh, on Bruce Pritchard on um, something to wrestle with that they were talking about that where they kept teasing the bikini. But I think that was the expl- that was Mega Powers exploding, right? Yeah. Where Elizabeth she ripped was going to be a, skirt. a teeny beanie. A, teeny weenie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. bikini. And then he's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> no. That's such a boyfriend move where he goes, keep your clothes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, man. I fucking never, you never really think of that until you get into your 30s where you're like, Macho Man was a husband. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I would, I would be the same way. I'd be so jealous and controlling. Because <laughs> when, when I was young, I was like, leave her alone. And now I'm like, hey, dude, all right. Yeah, you're around a bunch of dudes covered in baby oil on steroids. Look protect, at her. Who's going to protect your lady? Who's going to protect her? She she wears ball gowns all the time. <laughs> yeah. You gotta step in front of that. First lady of wrestling. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Have a little respect. Yeah. But before 92, the Rumble winner didn't go to WrestleMania. It was just a thing. Yeah, there's like, oh, I remember they built it. They'd be like, hey, he's the Royal Rumble exactly. winner. But yeah, and I like this system more because it kind of sets up. Yeah, it starts putting the season in place. Yeah, that's why I, to come back at Royal Rumble. But when you look at 93, and like, I mean, I'm sitting there watching, and. There's just nobody. You're looking, and it's like... Doink. Na- Nasty Boy Brian Knobs is like one of the top... Crush. Good guys. Cobra Cry- Crush. Cr- yeah, Crush is there. Yeah, no, I was, I've been watching Superstars, dude. So you know. I know what ramps up to the 93 Royal Rumble. Yeah. I'm when in October. When I was a kid, Cora. I like to crush things. Oh, man. Yeah, dude, you're like, you're so much better as the third member of Demolition. <laughs> but, yeah, that was the, and, and that was the one where Macho goes for the elbow, hits it on Yoko, goes for the cover... No, you, there's no cover in the rumble. Yoko kicks out. Yeah. Macho does the oversell over the top rope. Crazy oversell. And Yoko wins. Yeah. And then that set up. Brett Yoko. Brett Yoko. And Which was Hogan. actually Hogan Yoko. Hogan Yoko. Dude, yeah. that's so funny. Hold my beer. Come <laughs> like, on with the title, Brett. Can you hold that? He's like, cool. And you have a black eye from jet skiing. Right. But could you give it back to me later, Dude, right? And Brett like, Hart. Is oh, the, yeah. He's the boy next door that was perfect for you. And you're like, I want the bad boy with the yellow mustache. He's right. Like, okay. Well. Right. You'll win next year, Brett. Well, actually, you and Lex Luger will win next year. So you guys all have fun. It'll be a whole three thing. Um, what's crazy is to watch superstars is to watch Vince and Mr. Perfect keep a joke going for multiple weeks. Yeah. Because they well, kept doing the Saskatoon because Ric Flair lost to Bret Hart, lost the title in Saskatoon, mm-hmm. which set up Brett. Sean at Survivor Series 92. Right. So what's crazy is watching, first off, Shawn Michaels become a headliner. Right. And, That's crazy. Here's what's great, is you can tell they're going there, because yeah. Mr. Perfect, and you can clearly, like, knowing what we know now, yeah. when you're watching it, you can hear the instructions in it. Like, you yeah. could, Mr. Perfect keeps saying, you know, Vince, I call Shawn Michaels the wrestler of the 90s. And I'm Dude, like, that's and intentional. Gene, and Gene Okerlund, when he's previewing it, he goes, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, which I guarantee will be a classic. And you're like, 
Yeah, okay. You're not wrong. You called it right this one, Gino. Uh, yeah, R.I.P. You, you called this one right. Mean um, Gene. So, yeah, and really when you think about it, 93, Yoko wins. 94, you got the double elimination. Yeah. Brett and Lex. 95 <laughs> was the Shawn Michaels and the one foot thing. Oh, Shawn Michaels was 95. I thought the one foot thing was earlier in the double elimination. No, because oh, Sean's, Sean's one foot thing, he comes back to win that one. Oh, yeah. he, everybody's like, yeah, hey, the Bulldog won. And Sean's like, you said both feet. Oh. I only had a one foot touch. Oh, man. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. But it's it was that whole argument. It, like, Fuck, shut up. I know you're not, but I still want to hit you. Such a good heel. I, I still want to hit you. He's like, I'm not touching you. I hate you. Touching you. He's like, I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you, Sean. You're having a panic attack. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> but they did like the two quirky finishes two years in a row yeah they've tried that in the past like for me the 2000 royal rumble pay-per-view at madison square garden is one of my favorites but it's more because i like the dudley boys hardy boys table match yeah i love the cactus jack triple uh triple h street fight with the thumbtacks and everything amazing what if triple h comes and wins the royal rumble i'd be I'd think that was awesome i love triple h of course you do i'd be like good for you hunter hey boss <laughs> you are good in this job. one you yeah. sit in the back you go the boys are happy. What if they have the Taker win it? I mean, stranger things have happened. Dude, if Taker just comes in, or Kane, you, Kane would suck. Yeah, that wouldn't be as good. Yeah, but go, how great would it be? Go if, be a mayor. If Taker was, if Taker wins, and you're like, oh my god, rematch at WrestleMania, Taker Brock, and then Taker goes, oh, won't you, Daniel Bryan? You're uh, like, really? What? <laughs> the okay. Smaller- the uh, smaller guy that didn't end your streak? Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm there for it, but well, I just we've didn't done, see it coming. We, we've done best case scenarios. Mm-hmm. What's worst case scenarios? Winning this year? Like, both men and women's. You think Charlotte winning the women's and then coming and uh, taking on Ronda? Well, if it's just that, because even if Charlotte won, mm-hmm. and even if she challenges Ronda, yeah. you're still holding out hope. That somehow they're at least going to throw Becky in and make it a triple threat. Right. Which is better than nothing. Right. You know? But we all know what we really want. One-on-one, Ronda Becky. Ronda Becky. The man, the most dangerous woman in the world. Literally, you know, Becky Lynch being unconscious on her feet and bleeding is the best ending that Raw's had all year. I mean, the fact that- We still want that paid off from Survivor Series. The broken nose might have made WrestleMania much better this year. Because I was so excited for Survivor Series. Probably- you know, worst case, I mean, you know, weird stuff could happen. Like, what if Nia Jax wins and is like, Becky, True. I'm, I'm coming for you. I'm going to be because, the man. Yeah. Because they have set up no, a I'm Nia saying worst Jax. case scenario. What do you think pisses wrestling fans off the most? Ivory. Ivory wins. <laughs> Ivory coming in. Tori. Yeah, back. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, uh, Natalia coming in and winning it. I don't know. I think even if if Natty won, there would be kind of this like cool, good for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. we like Natty. We really do. I really like Natty. What if it was like um, I'm I'm forgetting her name, Mandy Rose. Yeah, I don't I love Mandy Rose. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not my that's my best case scenario. I don't know what <laughs> worst case scenario would be. See, it's not like we're not in this period of time where there's this 
anti-hero. Well, there was Roman as much, it, right? Like we're not, we're not. Which made last year's Rumble great because you were like, "Fuck, they're gonna give Roman again." Right, and then they didn't, and you were like, "That's great." Thank you. See, that's that's why it's the, this is the ultimate benefit of having the ultimate benefit yeah. of having two champions is that even if they want Roman to main event WrestleMania or still... or the Roman type person, yeah. you're like, "Look, we're doing what we want for WrestleMania. I need yeah. you to understand this, but we'll give you Rumble." How about we'll Rumble? Give, what, what if we gave you Nakamura for Rumble? Then will like, you let us have hey, our WrestleMania main event, please? Okay. You, you said we could have it. You started throwing beach balls. Why yeah. did you do that? Why did you do that? <laughs> I um Yeah, I mean, Nakamura and Rusev probably won't be in, right? I don't think so. Damn. And even if they were, they're not winning. Yeah. I don't think. Really botched Nakamura. I mean, I... Bring back the original song. Well, the reason they can't have the original song is because people sing along. I love it. I know that's the point. He's a bad guy. Nah, man. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. That sounds great. I like to cheer. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah, that's the issue. I don't like the fucking the short, jerky punk song where it's like, oh, you're like, fuck this. This sucks. But that's, but that's the point. You can't sing along. I don't care. I, I honestly believe I, that I like the reason- I like a guy sing along. Wait, I know, but you're not supposed to like him. You think Hang, Hangman Page? Oh, he signed. He signed AD, to AEW. AEW. Yeah. Kenny Omega's not confirmed. People are talking about Kushida. Okay. Coming in. That's okay. that's one of the rumors that's been floating around. Okay. But like the question is, it's like do we have a Kushida Kushida debut at the Royal Rumble? Or the Raw after Mania. Right, because it's like do people go like, Oh, Kushida is here. Put him in Raw put him That in must Mania. mean Kenny Omega, right? And then it's like, <laughs> oh, just Kushida. Like it's cool that Kushida's here, but not as cool as if like uh Naito showed up or something. You know oh, what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh my god! I mean, think about that. What if like Andrade's on the verge of elimination and Naito just comes out and you're like, Tranquilo, dude, Tranquilo back in action. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God. I mean, I really am. I will not. You'll know I'm the happiest boy in the world mm-hmm. if Kenny Omega comes out at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll, a lot of people you will would be happy. Hear me scream. From Queens, all the way from Queens. He's like, ah, he's like, oh, so happy. That's so, yeah. yeah. What's that sound? It's so. Oh, he, he knew he was going to do a V switch. Yeah, Just I know. Gets in the uh, ring, bam, and then it hits. Here's worst case scenario for me. Wonk, like, here you, you go, Kenny Omega showing up. Kenny right? Omega showing up. Hey. Yeah, he sucks. New Japan's hey. the worst. Um, wonky finish. Like hmm. I just, you know, there's been a few of them. Like I, for me, the Royal Rumble 2000 match mm-hmm. is forever tainted because that's the one where, like, I think. The Rock won, mm-hmm. but then within the next couple of weeks, we found out that the Big Show was never really eliminated, and so they had to have that yeah, match. And, yeah, and no it's like, uh, I don't no want to have a finish. I don't want to do all that stuff. Like I want to, I want to know who my Royal Rumble winner is, and even if it is somebody predictable, yeah. let's get there in a fun way because there's always fun ways to get there. Man, man, you get to be right there. I will be right there. You'll be fucking. I will, right but you'll there. be watching on WWE Network. That's very, very fun. Damn right, I will be. Yeah. Betting, gambling, <laughs> eating pizza, yelling for Kenny Omega. I'll wear I'll have a Kenny Omega shirt on. <laughs> Just in case I call it. It's a reach. Dude, but if he shows up, I look genius. <laughs> That's true. I knew it. <laughs> I said it. And I'm going to be like St. Germain and like a bunch of guys that are like, shut up. Shut up. We get it. Yeah, yeah. You went for the you went you went for the thing that none of us thought was going to happen, but you just said it so that in the off chance that it did, you'd be yeah, you blew you'd it. Be smart, yeah, you you're not know. even you, you blew didn't the element know. of surprise. You didn't. I don't know, you but didn't. man, I hope Kenny Omega shows up. I know you do. I he's know got to. He's 36. Well, maybe he doesn't go wanna... get that money. Uh, you would think so, but maybe he doesn't want to do it. Well, here's the real reason I got excited about Kenny Omega because mm-hmm. I'm not a super idiot. 
I actually am pretty dumb. But <laughs> uh, someone said, like, what if they give him the Ric Flair deal? Like, come to the WWE for three years, mm-hmm. headline with AJ, mm-hmm. headline him at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. which he said he's always wanted to do, mm-hmm. take on Seth, uh-huh. get all the dream matches in there, uh-huh. take your heat to AEW after three years. I mean, he may not want to wrestle full time. So he doesn't have to at AEW. No, 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 no. I mean, he might not want to do oh. three years of WWE schedule because he's used to this uh, sweet, Jap- sweet, sweet, sweet New Japan deal. Yeah, like six-man tags on all house shows. Yeah. Why not? Exactly. Instead right. of being like, oh, we're headlining Kenny versus AJ at every house show. Oh, my God. Like, I have to do this every night? He goes, this is 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just pure damage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But... People really overestimated my cardio. But yeah, maybe he does. He Maybe might. you see the one wing angel take out the phenomenal one. Here's the thing. You never know. You know who we saw show up as a surprise at the Royal Rumble? AJ Styles. Yeah. And no one ago. saw that coming. No, a few years ago. And that was when like we didn't know was he gonna go to NXT? Yep. Is he even gonna show up at all? And when it just says phenomenal across the Tron, and you're like, No. No, and they're calling him phenomenal. And I it, know who's phenomenal. And then he came out with that haircut, and you're like, "Damn it!" <laughs> it's grown out, though. Yeah, it's grown out beautifully. It's grown out beautifully. But yeah, at yeah. The, at, when he first came out, you're like, "Oh man, <laughs> cut that hair, AJ." Well, Dan Soder, uh, I know that now uh, all the, the listeners will be watching along, kind of in your head a little bit, which yeah. I love. Well, here's a good thing: I took Twitter off my phone, so you can't fuck with me during the Rumble. You can't. No, usually I'd be on Twitter and people would be like, fuck this. I'd be like, don't ruin it. <laughs> but this one, I don't know, man. I'll check Twitter maybe on Monday after the Rumble. Good. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. not. Maybe not. But if Kenny comes out, I'll put it back on my phone. <laughs> Just a brag. <laughs> yeah, I told I you I all. I fucking told all of you. <laughs> I knew it. Idiots. <laughs> I'm the smartest man in the world. Yeah. I'm not. I, I get you it. like when Bobby Heenan kind of picks every heel to yeah. win, and yeah. then when a heel wins, he goes, I, told you. I knew it. I knew I it. I knew it. Yeah, um, they just did that. He just did that with. Um, I was watching Superstars when IR when Money Inc. beat Natural Disasters. I knew it because at first the Nasty Boys come up and fuck up Money Inc. Yeah, and yeah. Then he's like, "This is a travesty. You can't have this. This is illegal." They beat him up. The match is going, and then they win. And he's like, "I told you. <laughs> I told you." Just the greatest, the best of all time. The greatest, Dan Soder. You're the best of all time. You're Thank the best you. of all time. Have fun in Phoenix, dude. For being here, I will have fun in Atlanta. Come on out, Punchline. Again, three shows on a Saturday, one on Thursday, two on Friday. It's sweet three on a Saturday, six, <laughs> eight, and ten. We'll have a good time. You're going, it's Broadway, baby. Ten o'clock show. You're going Broadway. Get ready for some stool sitting and some question asking. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do, do a little Dan Soder comedy Q&A. Yeah, we're doing, uh, my biggest inspiration uh, probably says Mel Brooks. Yeah, let's do a, we're going to do a comedy podcast where you guys are the host. Fun. Yeah. I'm lazy. My writing process is. Yeah, uh... <laughs> no, I'll actually have a show, but you know, come on out to Atlanta. All right, and uh, thank you, Dan. Here is Sam Roberts. That right there is what this podcast is all about. Just geeking out about wrestling. Just 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 appreciating this thing that we all love, no matter how old we get. We just hang on to it, man. There is something, no matter how cynical you get, no matter what your feelings are about WWE, there is something about the Royal Rumble and the lead up to WrestleMania, and it's the same thing every year. You know we're all going to be feeling it this weekend. We're all going to be excited, whether you're in Phoenix And if you are in Phoenix, you better be going to the live show, yours truly and Corey Graves, January 25th, Friday, in Phoenix, uh, cblive.com for tickets. But uh, 
whether you're in Phoenix, whether you're at home throwing Royal Rumble parties. I mean, I know guys that don't even watch WWE. They watch once a year, and it's for the Royal Rumble, and they 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 do their Royal Rumble pools, and they do their 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 themed whatever. I just it's just a fun. It's the funnest show of the year to me. The Royal Rumble is the funnest show of the year for fans. And now that they do two Rumble matches, it's just badass. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what they do. We'll talk even more about it. We talked about it with Soder. We'll talk even more about it coming up in State of Wrestling. Uh, Big news. Lots of stuff happening on Raw and SmackDown this week. Looks like a little tease that the Major Brothers are coming back together uh, on Monday Night Raw. You know, I thought Kurt Hawkins did a very good job as a referee. Kind of felt like he was auditioning, just in case this uh, wrestling stuff dries up before too long, letting people know, hey, I can do this too. Which is, you know, not the dumbest idea if you're Kurt Hawkins. But, because, you know, here's the thing. And I said it on Twitter. But when Zack Ryder is the one that's coming in to make the save, you know you're in trouble, right? Like, oh my God. Who, Who can I, like when Tugboat was getting his ass kicked, Hulk Hogan would come in and make the save. And the bad guys would go, oh my God. We thought we could handle Tugboat, but there's no way. Hulk Hogan, he's like 10 times better. When Zack Ryder is your Hulk Hogan, we're in a whole world of trouble. But it'll be interesting to see where the Major Brothers go. I did, I was listening to the Major Brothers Figure Podcast, and people are so tired of this beef by now. And I'll tell you why people are tired of this beef. They don't even know what it's about. Nobody understands what the beef's about. Because the major brother, they just kind of, I think they just, like, especially Zack Ryder, he just likes to have tension with people. He likes to be uh, fighting with people on his podcast. Like, I mean, he thinks that that's what makes a podcast. And so, for some reason, he just comes up with new things to be upset about every week. Like, he's acting like, you know, this week it was a surprise that I work in radio. Like, what do you think I work at ShopRite? What do you think I've been interviewing people for all this time? Not that there's anything wrong with working at ShopRite, but clearly this is what I do. Let's not, you know, let's not pretend we don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. There was a, like a, like a, there was a challenge, a face-to-face challenge was laid out on the Major Brothers podcast this week. But I don't think anybody heard the face-to-face challenge because in order to hear the face-to-face challenge, you would have had to sit through an hour and a half of the major brothers trying to convince their listeners to send them figures in exchange for autograph eight by tens. I swear to God, and I would never use the Lord's name in vain, but they literally started their show with 45 minutes of thanking listeners for sending them stuff. Like don't, don't, I, they're not even hiding it. You know, L- like let's not try to confuse what's going on. If they're mentioning people by name on the podcast, whether they're Instagram people or Twitter people or whatever, it's because they cut them a deal on a on a on a figure trade or whatever. You know, Zack Ryder's asking for every figure that's ever come out because apparently he doesn't have any. He either got rid of them or he never bought them in the first place. And and they spend forty five minutes of their show. I guess they ran out of insults to say about me. So instead, they had to fill the time by just either thanking people for sending them free stuff or trying to convince people to send them free stuff for leftover merchandise that shockingly didn't sell. Uh, But the challenge was laid down, you know, that that they would like to meet face-to-face. I would be more than happy, you know. I'm here. I'm in New York. 
my my local haunt is Caroline's on Broadway. I have a great relationship with those people. Um, and we've done lots of great live shows at Caroline's on Broadway. If this is something that you guys who listen to Not Sam Wrestling would like to see, if we would like to finally see this nonsense with the Major Brothers uh, uh, wrestling figure try to get our listeners' collections podcast, if you want to see this nonsense finally come to an end and you want to see it happen live at some kind of crossover event, make your voices heard because we do have the ability here. I will do. We will do a giant crossover event. We will come face to face and we will do it in New York City at Caroline's on Broadway. We could do it a month from, we could do it next, we could do it in February. I'm ready. You know, I don't even know what the issues are. You know, whether it's uh, not showing up at a toy drive that I was never even invited to to begin with or whether it's, uh, you know, taking a time out, going from uh, asking your listeners to send you every figure that you don't have and then taking a pause to say, oh, by the way, Sam's not a real collector. I would love for the arguments to be presented. I will tell you that every person that has ever come in the Not Sam studio goes, wow, this is some collection you got here, including Kurt Hawkins. I don't know what kind of tough guy act he's doing to try to show off to his friend Zack Ryder, but he's been down here. He, he knows that he's way off the mark. And he knows that he's, he's way too deep in the water right now. So if you want me to help pull these guys back into the shallow end, they've gotten very lost. They've completely lost track of their podcast. They're either talking about me or they're trying to swindle their listeners for free figures. If you want me to help pull these guys back into the shallow end where they're actually doing a good podcast again, where they're actually saying interesting things about wrestling figures, say the word and we'll meet face to face and we'll do it here in New York City. We'll invite all of you guys out there and and we'll get to the bottom of all this. We'll have the great debate. Take me to what a wrestling figure court. I don't know what you want to do. But if it means we can end this, if it means we can finally end this, I would love to do it. Say the word. If that's something you guys want to see, we'll do it. If that's something that the Major Brothers would like to do, we'll do it. And it'll be a good time. Speaking of good times, there's a good time to be had right now. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to start the State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. State of Wrestling time, not Sam Wrestling. Two, two, two. And thank you all uh, for being here. Look, we, you know, this is, of course, State of Wrestling is where we break down the top five stories of the week. According to yours truly, the last professional broadcaster, Sam Roberts, in the world. Of professional wrestling and to me story number five is a breakdown and prediction time maybe not prediction time but just guest time for the Royal Rumble matches going down on Sunday uh, but I think we covered a lot of ground with Dan Soder in the interview segment and I don't want to get repetitive um, I think for the men's Rumble match my prediction is Seth Rollins and my dark horse is a good guy Miz winning uh, either way I'd like to see right now, if you ask me, 
I'd like to see Seth Rollins and Brock for sure at WrestleMania. And I'd still like to see Miz and Daniel Bryan. And I talked about Miz and Daniel Bryan months ago having their next match at WrestleMania for the title. And in my mind, Miz was the bad guy champion and Daniel Bryan was that good guy. But I, I think that we're primed and we're in a position where we could easily see Miz as a good guy and it might actually work this time. It's a risk. It might actually work this time. And the reason why Miz as a good guy could theoretically actually work this time is because Daniel Bryan is such a good bad guy. Daniel Bryan, we, 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 we're all enjoying Daniel Bryan so much. You know, I think that uh, putting the title back on AJ Styles is not the thing to do right now. Uh, because I think we've seen, I, I think there's a feeling that you've seen a, a, a most of what you can see out of AJ Styles as champion, at least for the moment. You know, if AJ Styles were to win the title back, we know what that looks like. We know what it looks like for a champion AJ Styles to be going into WrestleMania. We know what it looks like for almost any opponent that you can think of to be going against AJ Styles. So I think that Daniel Bryan going in as a bad guy champion and the Miz being a good guy opponent, I just think that there's a lot there. So that's that's that, and I talked about that with Soder. Uh, as far as the women go, I think you will... It will come down to some kind of Charlotte-Becky thing. Now, you know, they could... SmackDown and Raw and the storylines are so intertwined that you have to believe that if Becky wins, the most natural thing to do is do Becky versus Ronda and Charlotte versus Asuka in a rematch. But you could also do Becky versus Ronda versus Charlotte in a triple threat. And then you're left with Asuka versus... Maybe Nia Jax. Maybe Nia Jax does win the Royal Rumble. But instead of going for Ronda Rousey, she goes for Asuka. You know, that could be a giant swerve where we're sitting here going, what? Ron, uh, uh, Nia Jax won the Royal Rumble? Does that mean she gets the... No, she's challenging Asuka. Uh, so that's a thought. And then you can get to uh, Becky versus Charlotte versus Ronda if that's what you want to do, you know. But I do think there's a couple of big stories coming off of these matches. First being that Alexa Bliss is coming back to compete. You know, I, I think that, uh, and it, it, they may be sh kind of moving more towards her being a good guy in the sense that, you know, Lacey came out, Lacey Evans came out and and really uh, 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 put down Alexa Bliss and kind of built the audience up to be supportive of somebody who's been, you know, a favorite of all of ours for a long time. It's just, we've kind of been trained to boo her. So you've got, the comeback of Alexa Bliss, and then you've got the potential no-showing no of John Cena. So it was announced uh, earlier this week that John Cena, this is so much drama, so much internet drama here. So WWE announced earlier this week that John Cena's injured. He injured his ankle at some point, and uh, he re-injured it, they said, training in weightlifting, and then gym, he injured himself, uh, and, and they'll, they'll, when they've got more information, they'll tell us all about it. So people are kind of looking at that going, well, what does that mean? So there is a good chance that John Cena is not going to be in the Royal Rumble. A lot of the internet, uh, sources are reporting that this was a spot that Lars Sullivan was supposed to be in. Now he's not in it. Today, Triple H did a media call where people asked him about Lars Sullivan and his status. And Triple H seemed to pretty much blow it off and say, everything's fine with Lars we're continuing business as usual with Lars Sullivan. And, and yeah, they're, they're, 
anytime you've got somebody like this, you're going to have a hundred stories about him and maybe you don't need to believe all of them. So I don't know exactly what's going on, but it would appear that they're, they're building up a reason for either John Cena to not be in the Royal Rumble or for his appearance to be brief, you know, for him to certainly not win the Royal Rumble. So who knows what John Cena is going to do at WrestleMania? Uh, you got to imagine that he'll be there. It, it, maybe they'll do a John Cena Undertaker rematch where they actually do it for real this time because we never really got an explanation as to why John Cena got demolished the way that he did. Um, maybe we will get the Lars Sullivan John Cena match. Maybe there's another match we're going to get. Who knows? But it, it would. There is a chance that we will not actually see John Cena in the Royal Rumble. So since we covered so much of this with Dan Soder uh, in the interview segment, I want to move on to story number four. Story number four uh, has to do with a tweet that I sent out. So I'm watching Raw, and I'm watching Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. The match is amazing. The fans are chanting, this is awesome, this is awesome, this is awesome. I'm sitting at home on my couch. In my head, I'm thinking, this is awesome, this is awesome, this is awesome. And then I go, man, we have matches like this more often than not on Raw. You know, even a Raw that, that is, is not the greatest Raw in the world usually has at least one great match on it. We're getting these, these, these great matches on Raw every week now because that's what WWE TV looks like. And I told you, I was talking about it with Soder, I talked about it before Soder, I spent a good chunk of time this weekend watching WWF Superstars from 1992. And 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 watching, I've probably watched four or five episodes, you know, in, since it's been posted. And like I said, I love this stuff. It's my childhood. Uh, it's so nostalgic for me. I, I, I uh, it's so much fun to watch and the storytelling and the in the big characters. I mean, it was so character rich. But it was really interesting because they were advertising for the WrestleMania Eight VHS tape, and they were advertising for the behind the scenes footage that was on these tapes and it was uh the the stuff that wwe was doing in the indianapolis area surrounding wrestlemania 8 it was like the predecessor to wwe access now you go to an event like the royal rumble they've got royal rumble access they've got uh, nxt takeover friday night we've got not sam wrestling live which by the way for those of you paying attention to the state of wrestling i'll tell you right now you'll be the first to know it's looking like we're gonna have a renee young appearance at Not Sam Wrestling Live in Phoenix. If you're going to be in Phoenix, it's looking like we're going to have a Renee Young appearance. Corey Graves is going to be my co-host. There's going to be more guests, too. It's going to be amazing, but it's looking like we've got Renee Young there, too. I'm literally just finding this out as we go. But we've got all this stuff going on. But when you look out into the audience, it's it's all kids. Like, this is a show put on for kids, that the only reason adults are there are really because they've brought their kids. It's a, it's a totally different audience even than right now. Like now you think there's a lot of kids. Way more back then. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I'm going, I sent out a tweet and it said something to the effect of after watching Superstars from 1992 all weekend, it's amazing or whatever it was all week, you know, all day Monday, whatever. It's amazing that we get matches like this on TV saying, like, TV has changed, WWE TV has changed so much that it's almost taken for granted that we get a match of this caliber just on TV. It's a throwaway match. You talk about, not throwaway, you know, not to disrespect the match, but in the sense that we're going to have another one next week and the week after and the week after. You know, you talk about the Rey Mysterio-Andrade uh, match that went down on SmackDown last week. One of the best matches, like, in SmackDown history 
And it's just the match this week on SmackDown, right? Next week, we'll have another one. Like These amazing matches are happening on TV. And I go, this is, this is great. And, you know, a lot of people agreed. I got a lot of likes on it and everything. I'm not saying there's this like, you're so stupid, Sam. But there were a bunch of people, and I was surprised at how many that were saying, you know, that that you know, you're you're you you got to get your your lips off the pipe, Sam Roberts. What the heck are you talking about? 1992 was when they knew how to do TV. Now they have these big matches with no buildup. They give them away for free. It's ridiculous. It's not good. 1992 was better. I really I, I read one that said. Well, in 1992, they knew how to build up, build up to a story and really pay it off at a pay-per-view. Really? Really? So you're going to sit there and honestly tell me that 1992 Superstars was better TV than what's going on on Raw today. You can complain about Raw today all you want. You can complain about the lack of build for certain matches all you want, whatever you want to do. But you cannot honestly sit there and say Superstars in 92 is, is a better TV show than Raw is today. That's an insane premise. And as far as storylines getting paid off on pay-per-views, where, what pay-per-view did you see Undertaker versus Ultimate Warrior in 1991? What pay-per-view did you see Ultimate Warrior versus Papa Shango? When we finally saw Jake the Snake versus Macho Man, it was on, a, on our bonus blow-off pay-per-view Tuesday in Texas. What pay-per-view did you see Jake the Snake Roberts get his revenge on Earthquake for squashing that snake? If you watch 1992 Superstars, you're watching the Beverly Brothers every week call the Legion of Doom the Legion of Sissies. What pay-per-view did you see the Legion of Doom get their revenge on the Beverly Brothers. In 1992, you had four pay-per-views a year. You had Royal Rumble in January. You had WrestleMania in April. You had SummerSlam in August. You had Survivor Series in November. Survivor Series, only in 92 did it become a show where it had a bunch of singles matches. Royal Rumble was still primarily the Royal Rumble match. So really, in terms of blow-offs, true blow-offs, you had WrestleMania and you had SummerSlam. In 1992, Superstars was still basically a commercial for live events. You never saw these matches. Unless you bought a home video, eventually you could find it on Coliseum Video, or you bought a ticket when WWE was in your town. Half the storylines were not paid off on pay-per-view. And they were based on singular events and then repetitive promos that went week after week after week. If you missed an episode of Superstars, it was no big deal. If you missed a month of episodes of Superstars, if you just skipped February, you could turn on the first episode of March and be completely caught up. Now, there are lessons that we can learn from that. I, I think that there was a little bit, there, not a, there was more character development happening on Superstars. There was more attention paid to each individual performer and there was, a, you know, almost more. It was almost all enhancement talent matches. I think that Raw could use enhancement talent matches. Not as much as superstars. I don't think every match should be an enhancement talent match. And then you just have two mid-carders wrestling. And it's like, oh my God, look at this main event. 
How about Undertaker versus Berserker? Berserker tried to stab the Undertaker with his sword. When was the Undertaker versus Berserker blow off? What pay-per-view? Because that happened on Superstars in like April of 92, maybe May of 92. And they didn't have another pay-per-view until November. And by November, Undertaker was in a casket match, or, or August, I should say. I'm sorry, August. And by August, Undertaker was in a match with Kamala. And Berserker was fighting Tatanka for no apparent reason. So I, I don't know where this idea comes in. I get like watching these shows uh, with a nostalgic lens. And I'm not saying they're bad. They're amazing. I love them. I love watching them. But they're not better than current day product. Now, I do think, as I said before, that enhancement talent is good for the show and the and enhancement talent should be utilized more. The first person that uh, came to me with this theory was the late great, one uh, the greatest comedian at least since the Richard Pryor, George Carlin era. And that's Patrice O'Neill. And if you're not familiar with Patrice O'Neill, make yourself familiar with Patrice O'Neill. But Pat Patrice O'Neill, has passed away, was an absolute genius in comedy. And I got to know him a little bit, and he's also a big wrestling fan. He spent three days writing for WWE before he had to be fired uh, over and over again because he wouldn't give up doing his comedy gigs. He's amazing. So he would come in, you know, he'd do the radio show. When I was working for Opie and Anthony, he would come in and do the Opie and Anthony show all the time. And every commercial break, we would have conversations about wrestling. When we would see each other outside of the show, we would end up having conversations about wrestling. And so often he would bring up, man, they got to bring the jobbers back. They got to bring the jobbers back. And I do think that that's true. I mean, you look at Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman would not be in the position that he's in if we hadn't spent several months having him beat enhancement talent. The Bludgeon Brothers were made to be a hundred times better because they got several weeks of beating enhancement talent. And I don't think that, that it's just monsters that benefit from that. I think we could bring out an EC3 and have him fight enhancement talent. I think uh, you could have uh, 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 the same match that Heavy Machinery had, except have them go against enhancement talent, and therefore you don't have to you know, have one of your regular uh, uh, every show tag teams lose yet. You know, eventually you want them to beat a named tag team, but on TV for their first match, give them an enhancement talent match, you know. You can have female enhancement talent, and they've done it before. It's, it's, it's been here and there. But I, I do think that enhancement talent should be utilized more. I do think that there are tips to um, telling the stories of characters that they did back in 1992 that maybe WWE should think about incorporating a little bit more. But, I mean, to not just sit there and go like, we're pretty, it's pretty cool that we get to sit there on a Monday night and take for granted the fact that we get to watch Seth Rollins and, and Drew McIntyre just bust their ass for us. And... You know, I don't I don't think that it wastes it. You know, I'm not mad at watching them wrestle again at some point. You know, they usually, it, the story, it's all about the story that is told in getting us there. We can You can watch the same match multiple times as long as, number one, the match is good, and number two, the story that gets us to each match keeps us interested. You know, Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler, wrestled over and over again over the summer, but the matches were so good and there was enough going on that I stayed interested in all of it, whether it was on pay-per-view, whether it was on Raw. And we also know that there is an expectation. When you say 
that Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre are going to have a match on Raw, there's a million ways that could go. When we say that match is going to happen on pay-per-view, there is a different expectation for the match. And more often than not, the match ends up being a lot different on pay-per-view than it was on TV. But, I mean, I was shocked at how many people I felt like were starting to make the argument that Superstars in 92 was a better TV show than Raw in 2019. I'm happy to continue to have that conversation, though, because it's it's interesting to me that that would be an argument that gets made. Speaking of great shows, let's talk about uh, TakeOver. TakeOver is uh, uh, happening Saturday night. Phoenix, WWE Network. I will be there alongside Pat McAfee and Charlie Caruso for the NXT TakeOver Phoenix pre-show, which, you know, I'm... I'm the fact that I get to be even a tiny part of these NXT TakeOver shows is one of the coolest things in the world. You know, the the TakeOver shows, I, I got to sit on the panel of every NXT TakeOver pre-show in 2018. And 2018 was, for me, as far as years go, the best collective year of TakeOvers that NXT has ever had. I mean, just amazing show after amazing show after amazing show. And I don't see any reason why that trend would not continue. So it really is amazing to sit on that panel alongside Pat McAfee and Charlie Caruso. But let's talk about what this card looks like. Of course, the NXT Championship match is Tommaso Ciampa versus Aleister Black. This is the one we've been waiting for. Uh, Aleister Black was slowed down in his progress to regain the NXT Championship from Tommaso Ciampa uh, when Johnny Gargano uh, jumped him in the parking lot. Of course, Johnny Gargano has played a big part in the fact that uh, Aleister Black lost the title uh, at all. You know, and, 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 and we've been waiting to see this rematch for a long time. Look, Tommaso Ciampa has 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 transformed into a person who is hell-bent on making the NXT title a, a piece of him. I don't see the NXT title being taken away from Tommaso Ciampa by Aleister Black. You know, there's a there's a thing where where Tommaso Ciampa has embraced being champion so much and he's made it a part of him just look look at his body language when he's out there. He is clutching that title. And I don't know if Aleister Black, with everything else that's going on in his, in his head, who's become so enraged at everything all the time, I don't know if he's going to uh, uh, be able to produce the desire needed to, to, to pull the NXT Championship out of the clutches of Tommaso Ciampa. You've got the NXT Women's Championship match, Shayna Baszler versus the undefeated Bianca Belair. Um, no doubt in my mind, you know, Shayna Baszler is going to wipe the floor with Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair is a hell of a showing. You know, great to watch her rise. She is undefeated, but the idea that that she... Shayna Baszler has, has demolished the entire women's roster of NXT. Go down the list. Not one person has been able to stand up to Shayna Baszler and maintain any kind of 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 uh, dominance over her. She's redefining what women's wrestling looks like in NXT. And Bianca Belair, I think, is just going to be another name on the list of people that Shayna Baszler has taken out. 
The Tag Team Championship is on the line. The Undisputed Era versus the War Raiders. I don't see any titles changing hands at this TakeOver show. I don't see any of them. You know, I, I think that this is a, a, a dream match to watch in an NXT ring. This is the match that we've been waiting for from the War Raiders. They're finally getting their opportunity at the Tag Team titles. But, man, the Undisputed Era is not going to uh, allow the War Raiders to come between them and their dominance over NXT. The Undisputed Era thinks with one brain. I mean, listen listen to the Undisputed Era on this podcast. When they were on this show, listen to what they sounded like and tell me that any tag team is going to get between those guys and take the tag team gold from them. I don't think it's going to happen. Although, maybe there will be a title change because the NXT North American Championship is on the line. It's Ricochet against Johnny Gargano. Now, I've loved the new attitude that Johnny Gargano has come in with. You know, he hasn't changed. He's still got the same spirit in him. You know, he's still got the same uh, 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 never-say-die attitude. But finally, he's not just worried about doing his best. He's worried about winning. He's worried about championships. He's worried about his, he's worried about his win-loss record. And he's been talking about it on NXT every week. And I think that that's what's been missing from Johnny Gargano. That's what hasn't been there. I think that, that Ricochet has not seen this version of Johnny Gargano. I don't know that any of us have really seen this version of Johnny Gargano in a match where the stakes are this high. You know, when you talk about 2018 being the best year of NXT TakeOvers ever, a big part of that is Johnny TakeOver. Whether it's his match with Andrade, whether it's his matches with Tommaso Ciampa, whether it's his match with Aleister Black at the end of the year. It's been Johnny TakeOver, and he's been the name on everybody's lips coming off of TakeOver. I don't think that that's going to change, and I don't think that Ricochet has had a, a challenge like this before. I don't know who has, quite frankly. And of course, the old, uh, big grudge match. Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono one-on-one. Cassius is, of course, now prepared. He's meaner. He's angrier. Uh, this is probably the biggest test that Matt Riddle has had since uh, joining NXT. And I'm I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it. I think it's gonna. I I I think we may finally see the bro go down. I think so. You know, I I, I think that, that that Cassius. You know, we've heard him talk about it before. He's not here to just be a welcome mat for the new NXT athletes. He's not here to just be a proving ground so that the new NXT athletes can go on and do the next thing. I mean, Cassius Ono is a competitor in his own right. Cassius Ono wants to be at the top of that mountain. And uh, yeah, I think that the bro is going to have to feel it this 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 Saturday at NXT TakeOver. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a, 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 a good show. Um and really, like, you know, I, I, I've never, I, I've seen, I've seen going into takeovers. Like, I, I, I can't go in with low expectations anymore, because I've seen cards where I go in and I look at the the matches and I go, I don't know about this card. Like, is this really pay per view worthy? And then the show blows my mind. Right now, Velveteen Dream is not on the show. That's a big deal. Velveteen Dream tweeted out that uh, 
he was uh, that he was not going to be appearing on any shows until somebody recognized his value. So we talked about whether or not he might show up at the Royal Rumble. Who knows? I think it would be cool if he did, um, but he's not going to be at, at at Takeover this time, which is a be which is the, the first time in a while that he doesn't have a match. I mean, the NXT uh, roster is really really loaded right now, and when you have five match shows. You've only got room for the creme de la creme on these shows, and that's what they've got here. Uh, so I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to be a part of the kickoff show that goes down on the WWE Network uh, right before NXT TakeOver Phoenix on Saturday night. It's going to be unbelievable. Story number two, and this might seem like a big shell thing. This might seem like I'm sucking up, but how great is Vince McMahon on WWE TV? How great is it to see Vince McMahon back on WWE TV? You know why it's great? Because not only because he's such a good performer, like Vince McMahon just, Vince McMahon knows what Vince McMahon wants. Vince McMahon gets it because, you know, a lot of people can't be Vince McMahon mind readers, but Vince McMahon can. And he, there's, a, there's a reason that he does the things that he does. I mean, you know, let's go back to 1992. I, I don't know how many... You guys got to watch Superstars now. It's been referenced so much on this show this week. But you can hear in the commentary that Vince McMahon's vision is being heard through the voices of both Vince McMahon and Mr. Perfect. You know, you can, you can, you can hear the, the, the messaging that's being pushed through. And it's, it's, it's awesome. Now we're seeing that in the Vince McMahon character. And I think not only is he a great character on TV, but he's bringing out the best in people. He's bringing out the best in AJ Styles. He's making us interested in AJ Styles. He's bringing out the best. I mean, how amazing was that Daniel Bryan promo on Vince? Talking about, you know, your generation. Because how many, how many times, like, watch that Stone Cold Steve Austin Vince McMahon podcast interview that he did on the WWE Network several years ago. It's a great watch. You kind of start to get into the mind of Vince McMahon. There's really not that many interviews with the guy, especially in this era. And so that's one of the few places that you can really get inside Vince McMahon's head. And I think that that's a really interesting place to be because the guy is, is an inarguable genius. And there's not that many geniuses out there. A lot of people say they're geniuses, not that many actual geniuses out there. But he's bringing out the best in all these performers. And how many times has he said, and he said it on the Stone Cold podcast, that's why I bring it up, that there's a problem with these millennials. And you hear millennial this, millennial that, oh, these millennials don't know, oh, these millennials. But the reality is that the millennials are aware of something else going on. And for Daniel Bryan to say enough with all that and start yelling at Vince McMahon about his generation and what his generation has done to everybody is tremendous. It's tremendous. Daniel Bryan is fearless when he gets into character. He, he commits 150,000%, and that's why it works so well every time. And it's almost like whereas you could see where some people might be intimidated to work with Vince McMahon, because let's be honest, he hasn't been on TV in a regular capacity in a really, really long time. So the WWE superstars of today are not necessarily used to working next to Vince McMahon week in, week out to tell these stories. It can be intimidating to have your boss there looking right at you as you're performing opposite him. Nothing he does is wrong. He's the boss. How could the boss do something wrong? So it's all on you. And you can either embrace that and go, look, 
I got the number one guy in the company because it's his company opposite me. And I'm going to go off him fearlessly or I'm going to let that intimidation get the best of me. And AJ Styles does not let the intimidation get the best of him. And Daniel Bryan embraces it on like a level the likes of which I haven't seen since the Stone Cold era. I'm not going to make any other comparisons. I'm just saying that there is a magic between Daniel Bryan and Vince McMahon because these are two guys who know exactly what their characters on are, why their characters are, and who their characters are. It's awesome. It's awesome. Let's wrap up the state of wrestling this week uh, with the number one story, and that's the buildup to the major Raw title the matches, the, the Raw singles title matches, the Raw world championship matches at Royal Rumble this week because I, I think that in the last two weeks, they've made me care. I'm talking first about Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. you know, And you go back to Vince McMahon. It relates right to it. Vince McMahon coming out and saying, I don't believe in Finn Balor. You know, I love David versus Goliath. And he and he got the he got the crap kicked out of him. And Goliath went on for years. And it's like he, he's not even he's completely retelling the David versus Goliath story. By the way, if you read Malcolm Gladwell, there's a book called David and Goliath. And you'll find out that in reality, David wasn't an underdog at all that people assume maybe he was, but really all the disadvantages that people saw were actually advantages. The Goliath, if you really look into the reading about this thing, Goliath had seeing problems, right? So when you got this little person, David, running around quickly, Goliath can't see him well. David was also, a, he was a, a stone thrower, you know, like Bart Simpson and the, and the, and the, and the what's it called, the slingshot, except of the olden days. And what people don't know is the people that were slinging rocks, those were the people at the front line of battles. These were people that could land a hit with amazing accuracy. These were dangerous people, and they could do it from, from yards away. And that's what David was. David was not an underdog. In reality, Goliath was. So the question that you have going in when you say this is a true David and Goliath story is that in order for it to be a true David and Goliath story, David can't actually be the underdog. David can be the underdog maybe to the naked eye, maybe to the uneducated eye. But to anybody that knows the skill sets that the two people actually have, David has to be the clear-cut winner. Goliath has to be the underdog. And I don't know if that's exactly what you have here. I don't know if this is a true David and Goliath story. That remains to be seen. But I believe that even if Finn Balor does not win the Universal Championship at the Royal Rumble, that he is going to fight with every fiber of his being to remind people why he was the first Universal Champion. I think that this is Finn Balor's opportunity to remind people why they believe in him. And even if he's not successful... I think that Finn Balor has a unique opportunity to, whether he wins or loses, he can lose this match and still elevate to a new plateau in the WWE. Finn Balor, whether he wins or loses, can cement himself as a main event level talent. Finn Balor was never quite able. He came in a couple of years ago 
He beat Roman Reigns, and he was the first Universal Champion. And as soon as he got to the main roster, he was a main event guy. And he went out with an injury, and when he, he has not been cemented as a main event guy since he came back with the injury all those months ago. Now, he's got the opportunity to do just that. If, if, if he is successful in pulling off a great match with Brock Lesnar, then he has the opportunity to be, to be elevated. So I don't, even think, I don't even think the question is, when, will Finn Balor win or lose? I think the question is, what will Finn Balor look like coming off of this? Now, I read an interview. I don't remember who did it. I wish I could give credit because, you know, I have no problem giving people credit. But Finn Balor, I think, said that we will not see him as the demon at the Royal Rumble, that this is something Finn Balor needs to do. And I actually think that that's a smart thing. You know, I think that the demon needs to come out when all other options are exhausted. And we've never seen it. Like, the demon would come out for the second or third Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar match. But we need to see what Finn Balor without the demon is really capable of. And that's what this is going to be a test of at the Royal Rumble. Uh, the other big match that I think the buildup has been tremendous for is Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey. Now this, the reason I'm so excited about the buildup for this match is because this is the Sasha Banks that I have been waiting for since she came over from NXT. Embrace, embrace the internet rumors. Embrace the, the fact that she thinks that she's better than everybody else. Let her think that she's better than everybody else. Let her go out and prove that she's better than everybody else. And let her not be shy about that. Let the legit boss be the legit boss. Being the boss means that you're in charge. The boss doesn't look at uh, everybody under him as peers. The boss considers him or herself the number one. And that's who Sasha Banks should be. Now the question is, what does that mean for her and Bailey, and what the tag team division in the in in the women's division looks like going forward? And I think that Sasha Banks and Bailey can still be a tag team. You know, I think that we can be in this for the long haul. But I think Bailey needs to start getting more and more reluctant over the course of the next few months, and Sasha Banks needs to start being more and more unapologetic and egotistical over the course of the next few months. If we've learned anything during this Sasha Banks-Ronda Rousey buildup, it's that Sasha Banks works in this space, that Sasha Banks works in the egotistical, unapologetic space. Sasha Banks, with no respect for Ronda Rousey, is the Sasha Banks that I want to see fight Ronda Rousey and, quite frankly, fight anybody else on the WWE roster. It's good to see the boss back. That's the headline this week between Sasha Banks and Ronda Rousey. And that's the state of wrestling this week on Not Sam Wrestling. Don't forget, Phoenix, Friday night, show up, 7.30 p.m. Be there 18 and over, not 21 and over, 18 and over. You can be there. Corey Graves will be my co-host. Looks like Renee Young will be one of our guests. We will have other guests. We'll be going over the Rumble. There'll be clips. There'll be multimedia. There'll be posters for sale. There'll be discussion and jokes. Probably a lot of stuff that we won't be able to repeat. I know the last time I did a live event, there was plenty of stuff that I wasn't able to repeat. You're going to have to be there live if you want to see it. So be there live. I appreciate all you. And I will see you next week when we know who has won the Men's Royal Rumble and the Women's Royal Rumble. I'm not Sam Wrestling. Goodbye, everybody. Let's hit 
the goodbye music. What do you say? Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.